It's time for a wellness revolution. Brought to you by Hotsi Health and Wellness Center. Honest discussion on maintaining health and wellness naturally to enjoy a better quality of life. He's the doctor fighting to let you keep your doctor. Now, Dr. Stephen Hotsi. Welcome to Dr. Hotsi's Wellness Revolution. I'm Stacey Banfield here with Dr. Stephen Hotsi, founder of the Hotsi Health and Wellness Center. And I'm so glad that we have a special guest on today. And as more and more people are getting more in touch with holistic health, that it's not all about the mind, it's also the body and the spirit. We just love bringing people on who have that same approach. And so we're so pleased to welcome David Sandstrom, who is, I think, is kind of a renaissance man. He's a naturopathic doctor, uh, also an author, and an airline pilot. He's got a great story. Dr. Hotze. Right. Uh, He sure does. And we're going to be glad to have an opportunity to visit with him. And I want to thank each one of you for joining us today on Dr. Hotze's Wellness Revolution. I believe that you and everybody needs to have a physician and a staff of professionals who have the know-how and the expertise to coach you on a path of health and wellness naturally. So that as you mature, you got energy, you got vitality, and you're enthusiastic about life. Today we have on our program Dr. David Sandstrom. Dr. David Sandstrom is a very interesting individual. He's not only a naturopathic physician, and we'll talk about what that is as opposed to an allopathic physician. I'm a licensed allopath. I'm an MD, as in Mary David. Dr. Sandstrom is a naturopath, ND, naturopathic doctor. I practice medicine as if I were a naturopathic doctor, although I'm a licensed allopathic doctor. Allopathic doctors use drugs, and uh, naturopathic doctors use natural approaches to health to get you healthy and well. Not only is Dr. Sandstrom a naturopathic physician, he's also a Delta airline pilot. He graduated from the Riddle School of uh, Aeronautics. That's in East Texas, isn't it? Well, they have their main campus is in Daytona, and they have another one in Prescott, Arizona. Okay. And so he, he got his pilot's, pilot license. Did you fly uh, military at all? I did not. I'm a civilian, 100% civilian background. So what percent of the pilots, I'm just curious, uh, that fly in, in commercial airlines around the country would be just a civilian <laughs> pilot as opposed to having had military experience? Well, that's a really good question. When I got hired at Delta 30 years ago, Literally 99 out of 100 pilots were military, and I broke the mold as a civilian. But today, about 50% at Delta, 50% military, about 50% civilian. Interesting. Well, Dr. Sandstrom, I know that uh, you, you, even as a pilot today, you still promote natural approaches to health through your podcast program, which can be found on, uh, on podcast at what? What would be the address? Holistic Health Matters. Holistic That's Health Matters. And, and Dr. Sandstrom has written a book entitled The Christian's Guide to Holistic Health. And what really attracts me to Dr. Sandstrom is that he sees health the way we see health, that it has three prominent legs as on a tripod. It's got your spiritual health. It's got your mental health. It has your physical health. And they all work together in synergy and people that are well-balanced, in other words, they have the three legs of those tripods all the same length, they tend to have a good, well-balanced life. And if any one of the tri- legs of the tripod gets out of balance, it can throw the whole tripod off and the thing collapse. So, Dr. Dr. San- uh, Sandstrom, tell us then, uh, 
how is it how would how did you make your transition into naturopathic health and we, did you do that before you were a pilot or after you were a pilot I became a pilot first I got I got hired at Delta Airlines when I was 28 and that was back in 1991 and I've always had an above average interest in health and wellness and in 2005 I got certified nutritional counselor and naturopathic doctor and I did nutritional counseling I had an office brick and mortar and I saw hundreds of clients but back then I was making the same mistake that a lot of practitioners make and that is I was calling myself holistic but I really didn't know what the term meant I was almost 100% focused on the physical part of a human being and I all but ignored the mental emotional and the spiritual component so we are spirit we have a mind and we live in a body and I now know if we want to maximize our health potential, we've got to address all three components to the human condition. Um, just to give you a quick story to illustrate. Back in the mid-80s, I was a Miami Dolphin fan. And at the time, the head coach was Don Shula, and the, the quarterback was Don, uh, Dan Marino. And after each game, they had a show on television called The Shula Show. And coach would talk about the game and what they did right, what they did wrong. Well, I heard... Uh, Shula talk about Dan Marino the first time he saw Dan Marino play. And he said, when I saw this guy play, I said to myself, he's got the best arm I've ever seen. I'm going to build my team around this guy's arm. And that's exactly what he did. And he hired a couple great wide receivers and they scored a lot of points. But as good as Dan Marino was, one of the best, best four or five players that ever played the game probably, uh, he doesn't have a Super Bowl ring. The Dolphins discovered that in order to win a championship, you not only need a great passing game, but you need a running game and you need a defensive as well. And the Dolphins had neither. You can't win a championship by focusing exclusively on one aspect of a great team. So the same is true with our health and wellness. We can't expect to build a championship vitality by focusing exclusively on the physical and ignoring the other two thirds of the human condition. It's like trying to win a Super Bowl and keeping two thirds of your best players on the bench. We are a spirit, we have a mind, we live in a body, and in order to maximize our health potential, we've got to consider all three. So in, in working with your guests, your patients, people that come to you for help, for presumably for their medical health, how do you incorporate this in your treatment regimen? Well, when people come to me, I, I no longer have a practice, I stopped that, but the passion never left. And that's why I wrote my book, The Christian's Guide to Holistic Health. And that's why I started the podcast. But I almost always, and I'm sure you find this true too, Dr. Hootsie, when people come in, they still have that allopathic model is that is give me a drug to treat my symptom. So they'll come to a natural practitioner like myself and say, you know, can you give me a natural supplement that will do what the drugs do? So I have to educate people as to the difference between Allopathic medicine and naturopathy. That's one. That's really step one. Explain that then. Explain the difference between naturopathic medicine and conventional or allopathic medicine. Okay, very good. Um, in a nutshell, the allopathic medical profession treats the illness that has the person as opposed to the natural holistic practitioner that treats the person that has the illness. Mm. And it's two very different approaches, and not that either one is wrong. They have their, their uses. Drugs and surgery have their place. Uh, they're great with emergencies and acute conditions. If I get busted up in a car accident, man, roll me into the nearest emergency room. Give me all the drugs and surgery you need to save my life. 
uh, very appropriate. But when the emergency is over, I'm going to switch to the natural and holistic methods because they're more effective for long-term health challenges. We've got to understand that drugs, although useful at times, they're potentized toxic substances and potentially lethal. Um, drugs can often be overkill. Um, give you another quick story from aviation. After 9-11, the, uh, the ta terrorist attacks on 9-11, we were shut down. The airline industry was shut down for about a week or so. But when we got back to flying, everybody was on edge. And there was some discussion about the pilots making uh, some drastic up and down movements with the, the pitch of the airplane. So if we had a terrorist back there, we'd pin them against the ceiling, slam them down on the floor, and hopefully uh, disable them long enough to get some handcuffs on him. Well, the structural engineers were, were consulted, and they said, no, don't do that. Airliners aren't designed to be flown that way. You could experience structural failure. Do not do that. But there was some discussion. This is right after 9-11. So everybody's on edge. And the government started putting more federal air marshals on board. And at the time, they came up and did a pre-flight pre briefing with the pilots. And this guy came up and he says, hey, I've got a gun. I know how to use it. If we have a terrorist on board, uh, none of this up and down stuff. Give me a stable platform and I'll take him out. And I'm like, you got it. Glad you're on board. And then he goes on. If we have a drunk back there, none of this up and down stuff. I'll give you, give me a stable platform and I'll take him out too. I said, time out, time out, time out. We don't shoot people <laughs> for having too much to drink. Okay? <laughs> uh, using lethal force on a terrorist on a suicide mission, trying to breach the cockpit door, totally appropriate. Using lethal force on an unruly drunk is not and his partner says, yeah, yeah, he's a little new. He's a little overzealous. Don't worry. I'll talk to him. He'll be okay. So the same is true uh, with drugs. Drugs um, can behave in much the same fashion as that air marshal's gun. They're potentized, toxic, potentially lethal substances that are designed to obliterate or take out your symptoms. Totally appropriate in life-threatening situations, but they can have some serious unintended consequences. As you know, Dr. Hootsie, there's over 100,000 people a year die from properly prescribed FDA-approved pharmaceuticals. Right. This is what we so, call, call iatrogenic illness, doctor-caused illnesses, which is really approaches somewhere on the order of over a million a year from various uh, misdiagnosis, uh, improper surgeries, nosocomial infections, uh, inappropriate use of drugs or interactions with drugs given that are prescribed FDA-approved drugs. We know they cause problems. So yeah. the way, the way uh, as is my approach and a natural approach to uh, medicine, we see everybody as being personally responsible for their own health, and we know that God has given everybody remarkable restorative powers within their own body that if they put the right molecules in their body, their body can be healthy. If you put the wrong molecules in your body, your body will be sick. So it's important to understand the principle that Dr. Sanderson talked about, that pharmaceutical drugs are given, yes, maybe in an acute emergency situation, but on a chronic basis, pharmaceutical drugs are toxins. They have to be detoxified by the liver. They're poisons. You can't poison yourself to good health. And nobody, when they were younger and in good health, uh, was in good health because they had high level of pharmaceutical drugs. Nobody is sick because they have low levels of pharmaceutical drugs. People, as they age, become develop chronic diseases, and that's due to several things. One, it's due to 
a poor eating program. High-carb diet, high-sugar diet causes inflammation, a host of health problems. Secondly, decline the inevitable and natural decline and imbalance in hormones, sex hormones, adrenal hormones, uh, thyroid hormones in particularly. Thirdly, uh, poor vitamin and mineral uh, status in their bodies, lack of exercise, lack of sleep, and could be have they could have airborne or food allergies. All these things adversely affect a person's immune system and overall health, and we want to be able to address those in a natural fashion. So, you think about a natural approach to health. Tell us about your your recommended eating program, Doctor Sandstrom. Uh, sure, I, I'll I definitely want to get into that, but I wanted to add one more thing, or actually two more things, to the natural approach, if I could. Sure. Um, the natural practitioner has two main focus areas. And the first one is they lean on the God-given wisdom of the body to heal itself. Right. Uh, so real quick, if, if you if you cut your finger with a knife, you don't have to tell your blood how to clot. You don't have to tell your body to dispatch uh, cholesterol and uh, L- other uh, proteins to heal the skin. It knows how to do that by default. That's that's built in. God gives us that. So then the natural practitioner would like to come alongside those natural processes, enhance that, and allow the body to do what it already knows how to do, and that is heal itself. Now, the, the second big concept that a natural practitioner focuses on is uh, total body load. And just real quick, if, if you thought of health as a two-by-four straddled across a couple of sawhorses, the empty two-by-four is strong and durable. Think 21-year-old Olympic athlete. Well, if I, I could start stacking bricks on top of my two by four and it would start to sag. Now, if I kept stacking bricks, there's going to come a point where the two by four will snap. So was the problem the last brick or was the problem the total load of bricks underneath? I would suggest it's the total load. So the bricks on top of our two by four are unhealthy things, the blocking factors to our health like genetically modified processed foods, lack of sleep, lack of relational connectedness, those types of things. And if we start to unload, start to remove some of those things from our lifestyles, we unload our two by four, we unload our bodies, and we give our bodies a better chance to do what they already know how to do, and that is to thrive. So that's what a natural practitioner does. Right. So how do you incorporate then, now this is what, this is what we do in, in natural approaches to health, and particularly as people come here because I am licensed to be able to prescribe what we prescribe to our guests, and we call our patients guests, changes the way we view people. What, we, what you call a person is the way you view them, and it can change the way you view them. If you think of somebody as a patient, that's different than thinking of them as a guest in your home. So that's what the model we've adopted here at our center is what we call the hospitality model. Within that context, we provide medical care, and that helps people feel at home. We want people to feel like uh, Mikasa is Sukasa. My house is your mm-hmm. house. My home is your home. And when we're when people come to the Hotel Health Wellness Center, we want them to feel welcomed and understood and appreciated and affirmed and encouraged. That's that's what we do, and that's a big part of health. That's what they call the art of medicine, because people that you know you can. You could give somebody exactly what they need, but if you've been mean and, and dishonorable and haven't been affirming to them, they're going to they're gonna tell in their mind, they're going to go, I'm going to show that doctor, that doctor who treated me so poorly, 
this isn't going to work. And the mind will tell the body not to accept it, even if it needs mm. it. It's just powerful. The mind's very powerful. So it's a great point. Yeah. So so um, in in our practice and in, in what naturopathic medicine do, we not only provide them the proper substances or molecules, whether it be in the form of nutrients, vitamins and minerals, natural hormones, uh, maybe allergy treatment and desensitization, uh, immunization encourage sleep and encourage exercise. Those things are important for the body, but for the mind and for the spirit, what do you recommend? What does your program entail? Well, um, for the mind, uh, I wanted to, I did want to get into nutrition a little bit, but, uh, let, let's go with the mind. Let's talk about that because look, there's a lot out there on nutrition. People have heard that a lot. Um, the mind, I think there's three primary focus areas and that is identifying and correcting limiting beliefs, adopting a winning mindset and practicing emotional intelligence. So as you mentioned just a moment ago, what we believe really matters. There's a powerful, well-documented mind-body connection in the medical literature. Sure. It's called the placebo effect. So when a drug company wants to get a new drug approved, they have to prove that their drug is more effective than placebo or the FDA won't approve that for use. So the drug manufacturers would love it if the placebo effect would go away but it won't. About 30% of the time, someone experiencing, uh, someone that gets a sugar pill uh, or a saline injection actually experiences the desired outcome that the drug is purported to elicit. And it also works in the opposite direction. It's called the nocebo effect, where a participant is given a placebo and they manifest the expected side effects from the drug. So what we believe really matters. Um, <clears throat> so I always counsel my people there's three crucial questions that we should all spend some time pondering uh, because they could be potential blocking factors to our health, what we believe about these three questions. One is, do I want to be well? And that sounds like a silly question, but there actually are reasons. You know, Maybe somebody's receiving a disability check that's going to go away if they get well. Maybe somebody's receiving sympathy and empathy that they craved as a child but never got. Uh, so there are reasons. It's, it's worth asking ourselves that question. Second question, do I believe I can be well? Now, this was be most appropriately illustrated with, uh, you know, somebody gets a cancer diagnosis and they go to the doctor and he says, hey, I, this is a very aggressive form of cancer. I gave you four months to live. I recommend you go home and get your affairs in order. So understanding what we just said about placebo, the guy in the white lab coat with a stethoscope around his neck and a diploma on the wall says there's no chance that you're going to get well. Uh, that could be a very toxic belief. Um, so that's something that's worth pondering as well. You don't have to have cancer, but you know, if you're dealing with a health challenge. Um, and the third one is, do I deserve to be well? And there could be somebody that says, you know, my sin is so bad, God's punishing me. Maybe I deserve this. Uh, we could get into self-love and self-loathing. It's, it's, I think, a real issue for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Not everyone, of course, but... I think we all do well if we're enthusiastic about our health and wellness to ponder those three questions. Now, this is not all the, the power of positive thinking. We're not going to believe our way into wellness. Um, but I believe that answering those three questions in the positive sure will increase our chances of success. I really do. Um, do you think we have time to get into mindset and emotional intelligence? Sure. That, we're on that topic right now. Okay. All right. So mindset. Um, the reason why New Year's resolutions uh, don't stick is because people aren't clear on their why. 
So you got to get clear on your why. People lose their way when they lose their why. So I recommend going through this exercise and, and writing it down. Michael Hyatt says, thoughts disentangle themselves over the lips and at the ends of pencil tips. And I really like that. I think there's something very powerful about taking the intangible thought and writing it down on paper. So this is the exercise. If I could, you come to my office and you've got you know, some issue, some health issue you want some help with. Uh, if I could take a magic wand and wave it over you and solve your problems, what would you want me to fix? So now imagine that you've recovered your health. What would you do then that you're not doing now? Who would you serve? What would you like to do? How could you make the world a better place if you had your health back? Uh, another way of looking at it is what do you want to avoid? Maybe heart disease runs in your family. Uh, maybe you want to avoid Alzheimer's. Maybe you want to avoid osteoporosis. I don't think the negatives are the ideal motivation, but they can be powerful motivators nonetheless. Write those reasons down. And when you're over at a friend's house and you're tempted to have the chocolate cake, pull that paper out and read it, you know, by yourself. And, <laughs> and it could be a powerful motivator to say, no, there's a reason why I want to be healthy. It, it, it can really be very, very powerful, uh, the, the written word. Um, thirdly, practice emotional intelligence. This is a big one. Um, our emotions affect our physical vitality. Those, those emotions we experience can manifest in the physical. So I like to talk to people about the emotional cup. And the concept is this. Everyone's emotional capacity is limited. And we could think of that as a cup. And our cups get filled with negative emotions like hurt, resentment, bitterness, fear, worry, frustration. And when that cup gets full, when we get pushed or stressed, stuff spills out the top. And what spills out the top of our cup is not, it's not pretty. Uh, things like anger, rage, uh, various forms of escapism, drugs, alcohol. Maybe you pour yourself into a hobby. Uh, biting sarcasm, passive aggressive behavior, stonewalling, those kinds of things. So a lot of people spend a lot of time and money in the counselor's office dealing with the symptoms, that stuff that's spilling out the top of the cup, when the problem is their emotional cup is full. So if you want to make the symptoms go away, you've got to empty your cup. And it's kind of like what Jesus taught <clears throat> on adultery. Uh, you know, in, in the law, it says, do not commit adultery. Jesus came along and he said, hey, take care of the lust and the adultery would go away on its own. So if we take care of our full emotional cup, we empty that cup, those symptoms, all those undesirable behaviors, they'll start disappearing all on their own. So how do we empty our emotional cups? Through confession and forgiveness. And th that's a couple of big topics. We probably don't have time to get into that today. We could if you want to, but um, forgiveness is a big part of practicing emotional intelligence. Well, that's exactly right, because it's taught in the Bible that what happens if you don't have a spirit of forgiveness, it gives you a root of bitterness. And yes. So uh, forgiveness, if you've been injured by someone, the most important thing you can do is forgive them for what they've done to you. So you don't walk around with the uh, with a hatred and uh, venom towards that person, which spills over into your life in every every other way. And exactly. forgive one another, it says, just as God in Christ also forgave you. 
Doesn't mean you have to necessarily yep. like that person or associate with them, but just get just forgive them and uh, and forget, <laughs> forgive and forget, yeah. and then move on. And uh, and it's I a, like this. Uh, the, there's a quote by Mark Twain. He says, "Forgiveness is the fragrance the rose gives off to the heel that crushed it." <laughs> oh my goodness! Isn't that beautiful. That's uh-huh. amazing. And that's from Mark Twain mm-hmm. too. He was so, Mark Twain. He, he has so many. Qu- He's got so many aphorisms. It's <laughs> I know. Really good. Well, and yeah. the and the other thing too, if you have injured someone, the e, the best way to obtain for get that person to forgive you, is to admit to them you've done wrong and tell them you were wrong, in what you did and ask them, even though you may say you may not deserve it, ask them if they would please forgive you, and you'll be surprised, at the. Almost every time I've ever injured somebody uh, by something I've said sarcastically or I didn't do or broke a promise, uh, when I ask forgiveness for that from that person, they went, when I admitted I was wrong, I was wrong, would you yeah. please forgive me for what yeah. I did and tell them what you did? And, and invariably they go, sure, oh, sure, I'll forgive you and, and forgive me for my response, you know, to yeah. you. And so that usually heals things. And that's the, so this whole, this whole, uh, issue or, or discussion about forgiveness is important in health because it does create bitterness, a root of bitterness in the body, which makes the body unhealthy. And so it's, right. it's the whole mind matter situation, mind body situation. When your mind is not healthy and well, trust me on this. And if you think about negative things, we know this, you attract them. Whatever you think about, you're going to attract. You think about I don't want to get cancer. I'm worried about getting cancer. Your whole life you worry about it. Well, sure enough, you end up with cancer. You attract it. Your body, that's all you're thinking about. Whatever's good, wholesome, lovely, positive, think about those things. Those are the things you need to think about. Be positive in your thoughts. And this is, and, when, and also when you were mentioning, when you, when you think about a New Year's resolution, think about, you were saying, write down, what, what was the term you used? You have a, you have a, you write down, you lose your way when you lose your why? Yeah. So your why, listen to this. And, and, and I think the best instructor I've ever heard on goal setting and why you set goals was Zig Ziglar. And he said, you set down a goal and set a date for achieving a goal. That's a target. That's a task. You write it out. Maybe you type it out on your computer. Uh, but you write out that goal. The second thing you do, there are a series of things you do when you write after you write out a goal. The second thing you do is you write out the benefits, the why. Why do I want to achieve this goal? Mm. Good then, stuff. Yeah, then you write down, who do I need to know that can help me achieve this goal? Then you write down, what do I need to know that would help me achieve this goal? Then you write down, what obstacles have I got in front of me that would keep me from achieving this goal? And how can I overcome those obstacles? And then you write out your plan to achieve the goal. And you put a date on it. And then immediately after you do that, you take action immediately. You do something to move yourself towards that goal, whether it's pick up the phone, call somebody, set up an appointment, buy a book, listen to a YouTube. You do something proactively that moves you towards that goal, and that creates action. That action creates energy. Then energy gives you the momentum to follow through on that goal, and you'll be surprised. As you write those things down, all of a sudden, your goal starts moving towards you. You sit down on an airplane, and the guy beside you is talking about what you wrote down as a goal. It's just as strange yeah. as it can be. 
And that's yeah, can I share a quick story? Sure. Uh, when I was a young guy, I started taking flying lessons when I was 17 years old. A couple years later, when I was about 19 or 20, I didn't have the money for flying lessons, and I felt stuck. I wasn't really making the progress I wanted. But just, I don't know, out of desperation, I pulled out a piece of paper, and I wrote this simple statement down. I said, I, David Sandstrom, from this day forward, commit myself to becoming a professional airline pilot. Every day, my steps will take me one step closer to that goal. And about eight years later, I was hired at Delta Airlines, and I beat the odds. 99 out of 100 were military. I was civilian. And about five years after that, I became one of the youngest captains Delta ever had. So it, it works. It well, really does work. Yeah. So this is a this this is part of health, is being able to write out, and we have everybody here at the Health and Wellness Center write out what their health goal is. Excellent. So, I mean, you they write it down on a piece of paper and sign it, and the, and the uh, provider signs along with them to help them help them achieve those goals. Yeah. So, uh, and then finally, uh, l- let's talk about you're not you're not only do not only you're an airline pilot and you do counseling and natural approaches to health, where you where you sh- help people strengthen their physical, their mental, but also their spiritual health. What do you do on that line? I know you you. Uh, call yourself a biblical health coach explain that yes all right um so i i think the spiritual component is perhaps one of the most probably the most significant part of a human being um it it's starts, what lasts the longest spiritual, that's for sure <laughs> yeah, it lasts the longest true. it's the spirit lasts the long, forever yeah. that's a long time so yeah that's forever's a long time <laughs> so the the spirit nurturing the spirit for health is all about relationships. It's about our love relationship with God. It's our love relationship with others and the love relationship with ourselves. So it starts with submission to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Some people will call that, you know, being born again. Some people call it having a personal relationship with Jesus. I like to say I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. So I've submitted my life to his leadership, his Lordship. Um, So that's the starting place. And then that leads to righteousness or right living. So in a nutshell, when we do things God's way, it reduces our stress. We produce more fruit of the spirit, like love, joy, and peace. And all of that is health promoting. We're designed for health. And when we cooperate with God's design, rather than resist it, we promote health. So we maximize our health potential by aligning our lives more fully with God's design for spirit, mind, and body. So here's what I learned when I was doing the research from my book, The Christian's Guide to Holistic Health. I came to this understanding. God loves us enough that he can be trusted. So he's our loving Heavenly Father. Uh, Ephesians chapter 3 says, May you comprehend the breadth, the length, the height, and the depth of the love of Christ. So we've got to wrap our minds around that. We try to anyway. And as any loving father wants what's best for his kids, God wants what's best for us. Now, unlike earthly fathers, God is omniscient. He knows everything. He even knows the future. So he knows what outcomes our choices are going to have before we make them. And he's trustworthy. The Bible says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So we can conclude that when God tells us to do something, it's for our benefit. And when he tells us to avoid something, it's, it's for, for our, our protection. <laughs> and then when, when we look at the Bible that way, it just becomes a plethora 
of useful information for health and wellness. All right, that's, that's why the Bible says, all the paths of the Lord are loving kindness and truth. Um, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare, not for calamity, to give you a future and a hope. So surrendering to God's goodness is where we'll find real peace. And when it comes to holistic health, it's peace that we're after, not stress. That's our starting point for, for spiritual health. Um, so we're designed to produce fruit. And Jesus said, I'm the vine, you are the branches. So what's the purpose of a branch? To produce, produce fruit. fruit. So the fruit of the Spirit, especially love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, they're all health-promoting. So I, I love this verse, Proverbs 3, 7, and 8. I, I often quote this one. Fear the Lord, depart from evil. It will be healing to your body and refreshment to your bones. I mean, I love it. What, 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 could you have a more clear connection between righteousness, right, right living, uh, and your physical vitality? There it is right there. Um, <clears throat> yes, so, and on that, on that line, often people say, you know, what does it mean to fear God? And it says very clearly in Proverbs 8.13, the fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride, arrogance, the evil way, and the perverted mouth, these things I hate. So the fear of God is acting in a righteous manner. That's how we show our fear of God. We avoid pride, arrogance, the evil way, and the perverted mouth. That's how we do it. Absolutely. And what it does, as you quote in, in Proverbs 7, um, 3, 7, and 8, it brings healing to our bodies to do yes. what God wants us to do when we fear him. It also right. gives us strong confidence. It says in the fear of the Lord, there's strong confidence. There's also life. In the fear of the Lord, there is life, abundant life. And in the fear of the Lord, there is wisdom. So the whole concept, if we decide to conduct our lives in a manner that indicates to God that we fear him, and that's by obeying his commandments, here's my commandments that keep saying, he it is who loves me and he who loves me will be loved by my father and I will love him and disclose myself to him. That's it's through obedience to God's commandments that we indicate to God that we fear him and all these blessings come forth, one of which is healing to our bodies. Does that mean Absolutely. we'll never get sick or that Christians never get sick and we don't die? I know it's important for all men to die once and then judgment. We all know at some point we're going to die. But guess what? Would you like to die in poor, lousy health or in good health? And let me give you an example of that. Moses died at the age of 120 years of age on Mount Nebo. And I've been there on the other side of the Dead Sea, and I've seen Mount Nebo. And up there on top of Mount Nebo, Moses died. God said he was going to let him see the promised land, but he wasn't going to let him go in because he had violated one of God's regulations. And God said, sorry, Moses, you're not going in the land. But when Moses died, it said he died at 120 years of age. And it said that it says in the verse, and I believe it's in Deuteronomy 34. I could be wrong. Maybe in, it's, in, it's in one of the books of the Pentateuch. It's in the last chapter, it says in Moses was 120 when he died. And his, he, was, he had a sparkle in his eyes, and he was full of vim and vigor. Now, yeah. if I could live to be 120 years old or 90 years old, 100 years old, whatever God has for me, I would like to die, and they say, you know, that boy died, and he was full of vim and vigor, and he had a sparkle in his eyes. You know, he was healthy, and it was just time to go. And, you know, instead of leading my life in such a way that I'm in a decrepit state of health, I'm sick all the time, and I'm a host of pharmaceutical drugs, and I'm lingering. I, I, I want them to say when I die, well, you know, and I could keel over dead tomorrow. I could get hit by a truck. Who knows what could happen? I may live another 40 or 50 years. Only God knows. My job is to keep myself as healthy as I possibly can. So when I do pass, 
from the land of the dying to the land of the living, they go, you know, well, that bow didn't linger at all, did he? No, and you know, uh, Dr. Doctor Sandstrom, isn't one of your favorite verses, John 10, 10? It is. Which it is. is John 10, 10. Uh, it's so meaningful to me. Um, can we, can I put that on hold? Because there's two more aspects to the spiritual relationship I'd like to cover. Sure, but I'd, I'd love to talk about John 10, well, 10. Yeah, That's, well, let's just, let's say John 10, 10 says what? For I came that you might have life and have it abundantly. Life and have yeah. it abundantly. And not just life, but abundantly. Right. Abundant life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so anyway, I'll try, to, <clears throat> I'll try to get through this quickly, and I'd love to talk about John 10, 10. But <clears throat> the other part of the spiritual component to health is relationship with others. So Genesis 2.18 says, it's not good for the man to be alone. When I was doing research for my book, I came across a study pub- published in Harvard Health News. And they said, strong relationships are good for your health. And the opposite is also true. A lack of relational connectedness is detrimental to our health. And here's how they quantified it. They said a lack of relational connectedness, loneliness, is roughly equivalent to smoking 15 cigarettes a day and worse than sedentary lifestyle and obesity. Wow. Yeah. Isn't that staggering? So lack of relational connectedness is about the same as smoking a pack of cigarettes a day and worse than being obese and practicing a sedentary lifestyle. So I say this, it's nice to see science catching up with what the Bible has been teaching our relationships for thousands of years. It is not good for the man to be alone. Um, So lastly, love relationship with yourself. So self-love is a huge component to holistic health. Uh, Many will say to me when I start talking like this, well, you know, Dave, hang on a minute there. Jesus taught that we're supposed to be selfless. And I say, yes. The most selfless thing we can do is take care of ourselves. Now, I've been flying for airlines for many years. I've heard this PA thousands of times, but uh, indulge me just a minute. (laughs) When you get on an airplane, they either play a video or they make a PA and they say this. In case of a sudden change in cabin pressure, mask above each seat will drop. Extend the mask to the full extent of the tubing and secure (laughs) the mask around your nose and mouth and breathe normally. Don't worry if the bag doesn't fully inflate. Oxygen is flowing. Here's the most important part. If you're traveling with a small child or someone that needs assistance, put on your mask first, then assist the child. Why? Because you are of no use to the child if you're already unconscious from hypoxia. You've got to take care of your physical needs first if you want to be of any use to the child. So the same is true with service to others. We can't give what we don't have. We have to have enough energy. We have to have enough vitality in ourselves to be able to be of any use to other people. Amen. It's a huge concept. Well, it's a, it's a great concept. Well, Dr. Sandstrom, this has been a very enlightening, informative, and challenging discussion uh, that we've had about the natural approaches to health and how they are impacted by both our spirit, our mind, and our physical bodies and how they integrate together and how they work together in a synergistic way to provide overall good health and why each area of our life is important to develop. So you've done a great job explaining this, and I am very grateful for the opportunity to have you today on our program. Now tell us if, if uh, our guests, our listeners, would like to get a copy of your book, The Christian's Guide to Holistic Health, how can they get a copy of that book? Well, they can always go to my website, davidsandstrom.com. And, and that's Sandstrom, the by there. the way, that's spelled S-A-N-D, Sand, 
Strom, S-T as in Tom, R-O-M as in Mary, David Sandstrom. That's correct. Okay, dot That's com. Correct. And it's available on Amazon. So if you go to Amazon, uh, you can search for it there. It's available in paperback, uh, Kindle, and Audible. Uh, and also, if, if it's okay with you, I created a web page for your listeners uh, for some free downloads. Uh, if they go to davidsandstrom.com forward slash Hotsey, I've got some free downloads there. I've got a free chapter on my book on forgiveness. I've got uh, my the first book I wrote, the top 10 tips for healthy eating, and a, and a couple other things as well. They they can get it there. Well, oh, that's, that's great. That is tremendous. Thank you. So we'll post that on our on our uh, on our on our podcast and on our videos. Excellent. And as always, if you want to find out more about natural approaches to health, you can also give us a call at 281-698-8698. That's 281-698-8698. We'd love to have a conversation with you and help you get on a path of health and wellness. Thank you for joining us today on Dr. Hoetze's Wellness Revolution. A special thanks to Physicians Preference Pharmacy, formerly Hoetze Pharmacy, proud sponsor of Dr. Hoetze's Wellness Revolution podcast. Information provided on this radio program is neither intended nor implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice and is not intended to replace the services of a physician, nor does it constitute a doctor-patient relationship. You should not use information from this radio program to diagnose or treat a health problem or disease without consulting with a qualified health care provider. If you have or suspect you have an urgent medical problem, promptly contact a professional health care provider or call 911. Dr. Hotze's Wellness Revolution radio program advises you to always seek the advice of a physician or other qualified health provider prior to starting any new treatment or with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Any application of the recommendations from this radio program is at the listener's discretion.